think something like by the time the child's five, there's 2,000 photos of them publicly around the world. Kids' lives are just shared publicly, you know, without them knowing and, you know, scarily, who knows where that goes. We've always been about privacy. We've always been about trust as it relates to your kids. And I think parents have gotten smarter around what privacy actually means. Hello, and welcome to Marketing to Mums, the podcast, the show which helps marketers, business leaders, and entrepreneurs sell more effectively to the world's most powerful consumer, mums. Each fortnight, we bring you a deep diving interview with a marketing specialist from around the globe who can help you gain insights about this influential consumer. Let's hear from our host, Katrina McCarter. Hello and welcome to the show. Now, millennial parents are increasingly becoming more conscious about what they disclose online. Privacy is far more important to them than it was a decade ago, and this is only set to increase as Gen Z parents arrive on the scene. Now, this is going to present many challenges for brands in coming years. So I've invited someone who knows this space and this trend intimately. That is Eddie Geller. Now, Eddie is the co-founder and CEO of Tiny Beans. This is a photo and video sharing app which allows you to share your baby's milestones within a closed social network, accessible only to the people you choose to invite. So we talk about how Tiny Beans has built a business focused on catering to parents' need for privacy. And Eddie shares with us his learnings about marketing to millennial mothers. And he points out some of the differences between the behaviours of millennial mothers in Australia versus millennial mothers in the US, which I think you'll find really quite interesting. So enjoy the show. Welcome to the show, Eddie. Hi, Katrina. Thanks so much for having me. Now, Eddie, for those of us who may not be familiar with Tiny Beans, can you share a little bit about what it is? Sure, absolutely. So Tiny Beans is this really simple, yet really trustworthy app where parents can capture their everyday memories of their kids and share it privately with families all over the world. So unlike other platforms where they're public and you don't really know who's going to see your child's life, with Tiny Beans, you set up an account, you invite your families to it, your grandparents get an email every day of all the memories for the day, and then they can experience and interact with those memories. So it's a really easy and really private experience. And then through the app, you can also access relevant content and articles and you know, products that might be relevant to you and your kids. So it's all about creating this sort of really trustworthy and authentic space where we're recommending all sorts of content and products to help you in that challenging yet satisfying journey of bringing up your children. Now, Eddie, reading through some of the Tiny Beans accomplishments is pretty extraordinary, I have to say. You reach more than 20 million families. You've got more than 50,000 five-star reviews. You've been named App of the Day more than 50 times by Apple. You've appeared on the New York Times, Forbes, and on the BBC. It's not bad, I have to say, for a social media startup out of Sydney. Why do you think Tiny Beans has been so successful? Wow, I just want you to say that 10 times over. It makes me feel so good, Katrina. <laughs> I tell you what, hearing it in such a summarised form, it's really quite extraordinary, right? And that's probably some of the formula for success. I mean, we really have never done it for all of that. Like we 
we've never, when we started the business and really focused on building an amazing product that people love, we've never done it for to be up of the day or to get New York Times. Like we've always wanted to serve the needs of our users and our and our members and our families. And I think we always wanted to create something super simple that families would love and smile every time they open the app and experience and their families just love it. I mean, we have 97-year-old great-grandparents using the, the site every day um, because they get an email of all the memories of their great-grandkids in there. So we've always been focused on a really simple and easy-to-use experience. And I think that has brought lots of word-of-mouth virality to it where other mums tell other mums, families tell other families. And then through the journey, just build up a wonderful audience. And I think through that lens of growing and focusing, you sometimes get noticed. And we've had just wonderful opportunities where we've been able to share the story of what we're about and why what we're doing is really important. And just been thrilled that, I guess, companies like Apple have, have noticed this. And, and like you say, I guess, you know, the it's really from our users, the fact that they're providing five-star reviews and so many of them, I think that's really a big influence. So super exciting, but I think we're only just beginning, hoping those numbers will get much bigger and much broader as we build out and build a brand that families love. So let's go back to the start of the business in Sydney back in 2012, the early days. Can you paint a picture for us what this looked like? I'm keen to understand, you know, how many were in the team? What were some of the hardships? What was capital raising like in Australia? And how did that decision come about to move the business to the US and start chasing the US market? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I love this question. I think it's you know, the, the, the humble roots of, of companies, I think, are so are so interesting. I love hearing other people's stories. So 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 I love sort of sharing this. So, so the original uh, founder, Stephen O. Young, he has young kids. He has three boys and really came up with the idea of, of Tiny Beans. He then met Sarah Jane, um, who's a marketing co-founder, a few weeks later. And then they applied through an incubator called Push Start. And then I basically was a, an investor. I recently sold my business and then I was invested in Push Start. And that's how I first met Stephen and Sarah Jane through the uh, incubator. So they were selected, one of the eight companies. And then through 2012, I was actually there, well, through the program, the first part of 2012, I was just their advisor and mentor. And I just fell in love with the problems we were solving. I really liked their approach, their style. So I started to help them just, you know, part-time to, uh, to figure out if we can turn this into a business. And then 2013 started to get more traction, started to work you know, two, three days a week, and then went full-time later on that year. So we really just bootstrapped. So it was myself, Stephen, and SJ. And then 2014, we started to get some really good traction where I started to raise money. So I raised $2 million from seed investors in Australia, largely high net worth individuals. So lots of, uh, I guess, meetings and pitching the story of what Tiny Beans could become to them. We raised successfully and we always knew we had to be in the US, right? But we really didn't know how and when. So I was, it was, it's a funny story. I was here for a trip in September in, into the US. And of course, as you do, you organize all these meetings and you hopefully you have a very productive trip and you get arrived and then people respond to you going, oh, something's come up. I can't make it. You know, how are you next week? And you go, oh, actually, I'm not here next week. How about today? And they're like, no, next time. And it's, you know, as you know, it's it's basically traveling. Like you get a very short, you know, time window to get to the people you want to get to, and then after that, you're done. And then I found myself going back 
And then people say to me, look, if you really want to be in the US and you're serious about this market, you got to be here. You know, I think I was in San Francisco and I called my wife, I think on the way back saying, I think, I think it's time to move. And she's like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, let's do it. Like now's the time. My eldest at the time was 12. So it's almost like now or never. Yeah, September we decided, and by December we were moving. December 20, 20th, I think 21st. Kids finished school, about to have their six-week summer holiday, and we pulled it from them and moved into one of the worst winters on record in New York. I think it was four months of permanent snow, like four feet of snow everywhere you went. So, yeah, so that's where we decided to move to the U.S. to build out the U.S. business because we thought you can't build a consumer tech brand out of Australia. It just doesn't exist. I mean, you can't even build a consumer brand out of Australia globally. I thought we had to be here, so that's, we, that's why we bit, you know, bit the bullet and moved over. Now, Eddie, your business is positioned around offering privacy to parents. The Facebook data breaches a couple of years ago just must have been an absolute bonanza for Tiny Bean's growth. What kind of impact did this have on the business? Yeah, it's interesting, right? Because we bet early on privacy. I think when privacy was sort of uncool, right? Uh, I guess society was very much being conditioned that you share what's happening in your life with the world, and Facebook was conditioning us to do that and show us that that was that what you know people expected and people you know enjoyed. What we felt was, as it relates to your kids, the world doesn't want to know, <laughs> and more importantly. Your children shouldn't be, you know, everywhere and available. So we really wanted to feel that we weren't against a big social at all. For us, it's about context, like the everyday, the 20 photos, et cetera, a day, that, that's where Tiny Beans is for. You want to share that, that one special moment, the birthday, the, you know, the milestone, the, tra- the holiday on a Facebook or equivalent, great. So we really position ourselves as as it relates to your kids, your kids' lives don't need to be public. And importantly, they don't even know it's public. I mean, there's all sorts of terrible stories where I think something like some stat, like by the time the child's five, there's 2,000 photos of them publicly around the world on average. It is there is an astounding stats of how peers' lives are just shared publicly, you know, without them knowing and, you know, scarily, who knows where that goes. So we definitely focused on that. And there, like you say, as there were, I guess, uh, challenges with, you know, um, breaches and uh, I guess media negativity as it relates to Facebook and their brands, we definitely saw an increase in users and engagement. Absolutely. I guess it's one of those things where we've always been about privacy. We've always been about trust and as it relates to your kids. And I think parents have gotten just smarter around what privacy actually means. And privacy isn't just about you providing your, you're posting your information privately. It's also that that platform is not selling or sharing your data, which I think is the more much bigger and riskier aspect of it. But yeah, it's definitely seen an impact of the positive. Marketing to Mums, the podcast, is proudly brought to you by the Marketing to Mums Assessment. This personalised diagnostic report will help you understand how your brand is currently performing in your Marketing to Mums activities. The Marketing to Mums Assessment will clearly identify your gaps and opportunities and provide you with a series of recommendations to attract, engage and convert more mothers and their families to your business. You can find out more about Marketing to Mums Assessment on the website at www.marketingtomums.com.au forward slash assessment.
So can you share with us a little bit about how the business model works? You know, what are your income streams? How do you make your money? Sure, absolutely. Uh, Most of the revenue comes from advertising, where we work with predominantly large brands. And the value prop to brands is around, you know, we have this trusted platform, the parents are highly engaged, and we have all this very unique information on them all. So we know the ages of the children, the gender, we know how many kids they have, we know the parents. So we use that information to then target the right users with that right content. So Lego is one of our um, partner accounts. We work with them across the Duplo brand and we'll never pass your data onto Lego or any advertiser, but we'll work with the advertiser, create the messaging and the creative and the appropriate assets, and then we'll target our users on our platform. And only the parents of like 18-month-olds would get that information as opposed to, you know, kids with three-month-olds, right? Because, you know, a three-month-old parent isn't is, is in Duplo. They're just trying to get their kids to sleep, right? So so for us, the whole value prop is around targeting and offering our parents opportunities at different ages and stages. And we obviously match that with advertisers that want to get to those parents or grandparents or aunts and uncles. So the large part of, of revenue is advertising. We then also have a premium subscription product. So you can download the app free and use it. And the free version is fantastic. And most of our audience is um, using the free product. You can also upgrade to a premium version of the experience, which really just provides just advanced features of the app. So for example, you want longer videos, you use the premium product. You want to be able to have all your photos stored in the high res, high resolution storage. That's also in the premium features. And there's some other ones like the ability to back up easily and you get free shipping and a whole range of things. So we have a premium version and then you can also print. You want to print a photo book, you'll be able to print all sorts of, of things to your families. It's also printing. But the large largest revenue stream is, is advertising today. I'd love to now change tack a little bit and I'd love to talk about marketing partnerships as this is a real passion of mine. I'm regularly engaged to identify and negotiate partnerships for my clients and I know that you've used uh, marketing partnerships very successfully to accelerate your business growth. I know you've partnered with the likes of Lego and Chatbooks and I'm wondering if you can share with us a little bit about those partnerships. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So as it relates to Lego, it's a brand partnership. So we work with their brand around Duplo specifically, and we'll create a whole bunch of of custom assets, whether it's videos or written articles, and then we'll serve that up to our users. That could be via the app, that could be in emails, that could be on the website. So we're integrating their content through our experience. So they're a great brand, highly valuable, but also we have a a whole range of unique aspects. So for example, a parent who has an 18-month-old will get a what's called a milestone email. So I'll say, hey, congratulations, Noah's passes 18-month milestones. Here's some great products and activities to help him reach his two-year milestones. And some of those products are sponsored, some of them being Lego. So it's all about this highly targeted and high, highly native experience that's, a, that's relevant to that parent. As it relates to Chatbooks, Chatbooks is a great printing company. They offer you know, phenomenal offering in terms of um, all different types of printed products, you know, photo books, etc. And what we did with them is allow you to print anything on a Chatbooks product from Tiny Beans. So you can go into Chatbooks today, download the app, and you can basically access all your Tiny Beans photos through their app. 
obviously all secure. So you'll have to log in with your Tiny Beans login details. It'll bring in those photos and then you can, you can create your chat books books. So it's a great product. It allows you to access your content on Tiny Beans may be able to use their products. So you don't have to rely on Tiny Beans photo books at all. You can rely on chat books, photo, photo products as well. And it's a great product. I used it last year. We launched it late last year over the holidays and it's going very well. There are a couple of different partnerships. We do, you know, as you can appreciate, do all sorts of different partnerships from user growth to, you know, partnerships around marketing to partnerships around, you know, other brands we want to work with. So yeah, it's definitely been a key um, tenet of, uh, of growth, as I'm sure you can appreciate. Now, Eddie, it's pretty clear to me that you are in a growth stage right now. I know that you've acquired Red Tricycle earlier this year. I'd be really keen if you could tell us a little bit about what Red Tricycle is and why it's so perfectly aligned and complementary to Tiny Bean's growth plans. Sure, absolutely. Let me tell you a bit about Red Tricycle. So Red Tricycle is this wonderful website. You can find it on redtri.com, T-R-I.com. And it's a wonderful parenting site. It has you know, lots of great content that allows you to be inspired about what to do this weekend, about where to go this weekend, about you know, what to wear over Halloween to the things to consider when your kids are starting school or when these new movies are coming out, you're not sure about them going to see them. It has a, 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 has a myriad of content. So we acquired them earlier on this year and we're integrating the teams today and they've been around for a while. So Jackie Boland started the company uh, in 2006. Uh, I've been an avid fan for many years from the sideline. And I think that, you know, what they built was just tremendous. Um, they have a wonderful content platform where um, you can have contributors all over the world providing content. They're in 60 markets in the US, local markets. And as you know, content is highly local, right? It's different going to uh, you know, one town to another town and written is also different. So having editors from all different locations has been really a key part of their success. So we acquired them, uh, as I said earlier on this year, and we've been integrating the businesses. And the, the reason for acquiring them was if you take a step back, Tiny Beans, um, our vision is to create this highly tailored experience where we can help parents across content, products and services through the various stages of their kids. So, you know, content, you know, all the different things around around all the various challenges and stages of your child. So we launched the content platform last year, but we knew that it would be very, very expensive and large capital to be able to build that ourselves. And we felt that buying a brand that already had a phenomenal reach and a great experience that we could just bring them into the fold. So that's the main reason for acquiring Red Tricycle. And currently we're integrating the platforms, we're integrating the teams. At the moment, when you look at the, the Tiny Beans app, there's content being served up by Red Tricycle. You know, our teams are focused on bringing the, the two platforms together on a single experience. But the great thing is, is that Tiny Beans typically serves the needs of parents of zero to six, whereas Red Tricycle does a great job of servicing the needs all the way through to 12. So we also, uh, I guess, extend the relationship to be able to offer value to parents all the way through to the child being 12 years old. Now, you operate in more than 200 countries, with the US being your biggest market. What are the other markets that have surprised you with their appetite for privacy and the popularity of Tiny Beans? So yeah, like you say, the US is our biggest market. Australia, I think, is our second largest, you know, um, as you can appreciate, just historical reasons. Canada, UK are sort of the next largest. 
And then it's, it's sort of scattered. I mean, I think like number seven is like Turkey and maybe number eight is like Germany. I guess they may be surprising, like you scratch your head, like why they would be. We've definitely seen some growth in Brazil and other markets too, but it's largely the English speaking markets. I think there's been some interesting, I guess, market developments in other parts of Europe as well, but the, the, the audiences aren't that large. I think in order for us to really maximize the, the impact on those markets, we'd have to sort of launch a multilingual version and have the app available in multiple languages. And definitely we do hope to do that one day, but we haven't got that in the, in the short term. Having said that, we do want to release a, a Spanish version in the not too distant future for the Hispanic community in the US and all over the world, frankly, but that's not in the short term roadmap. Your podcast host, Katrina McCarter, has launched her second book. Called The Mother of All Opportunities, this book has been written for board directors, C-suite, senior marketers, and business owners to shine a light on the enormous opportunities for growth which exist in the mum market. Katrina demonstrates why now is the right time to rethink your relationship with the world's most powerful consumer, mums. Fast track your brand and build a competitive advantage by gaining critical research-based insights into this massive and underserved market. If you live in Australia, you can get your copy from www.marketingtomums.com.au forward slash book. If you live overseas, you can get your copy from Amazon. Eddie, you attract more than 4 million millennial parents and their families to your app. Can you share a little bit with us about some of your observations about their behaviours and how they might differ from other generations of parents? Yeah, great question. I guess the first thing that comes to mind as it relates to that question is how different cultures have an influence of how they're using the app and experience. One thing that's really interesting about the US is that the sharing networks are significantly larger than any other place in the world. Because if you think about it, when you grow up in you know Sydney or Melbourne or wherever in Australia, you tend to stay in that same city. I guess you're typically the opposite case from what you said before, Katrina. So you've obviously moved in different parts of the country, but, but it's not very typical, right? So if you're brought up in Sydney, you typically go to school in Sydney, you typically go to you know university in Sydney, your parents are you know 20 minutes down the road, you work in Sydney, you stay in Sydney, like you don't move rarely right there's probably more movement now than when we were growing up but but you tend to stay in the same city in the u.s it's anything but right (laughs) in the town you grow up in first of all you might have moved several times because your parents are moving for jobs because it's a very transient culture in the u.s you're then moving again for college because you could be looking anywhere in the country for college you're then moving again for a job to then maybe you know, set up shop, which is different to where you actually originally brought up. And because of that, your family is everywhere. And more importantly, your closest friends that you've developed at those different stages of your life, whether at school or college or at work, are now your closest family members, like they're your chosen family, I guess. So we find that in Tiny Beans, you could have 50 people you're sharing your kids' lives with, and they're just as close as the eight you shared it with if you're a Sydney person. Because your family is so close by, you, your network is very close, very smaller. So, so the sharing networks, the behaviors 
are much more broader. And like we've got some families that have like 90 people on the sharing network, whereas others have like maybe six or eight or I think the average is like 11. And then the other thing is interesting about that for the US more so is that they'll they'll add 30 photos a day <laughs> for of the kids. And typically you're seeing other parts of the world, including Australia, being maybe two a day. So definitely there's this mindset of engagement, sharing much more broadly. And they're also, um, you know, they're interacting with the content in more quick ways, we're finding. So I guess there's some of the sort of things that come to mind. So how has COVID-19 impacted the activity levels on Tiny Beans? We've definitely seen increase in activity. As you can appreciate, parents are at home, grandparents are at home. They're not able to see their kids physically. So we definitely saw an increase in activity and engagement as a consequence of that. Some more photos being shared, more memories being looked at and reflected on. So definitely that's grown in recent months. And then interesting enough, we've had just other factors around the world, you know, um, impacted this as well. You know, there are other apps in this space. Some have fallen away in recent times and we've had an increase in activity because of that as well. So I think it's just, you know, COVID's impacted many people, you know, all of us in different ways. But I think from a experience perspective, you're coming back to, you know, the ability to capture and share these memories in a private way where families can really be part of it without, you know, them being possible to go see the kids has really seen this, you know, an increase in how often they're using it and how much they're posting. Eddie, we have got a large number of marketers and business owners who listen into the show. What three or four tips would you share with them if they were looking to attract more millennial mothers to their business? It's a great question. So one thing that comes to mind is is just be real, like be authentic. I think you know millennials and and mums included in that you know spend their lives online, right? So they're desensitized to, to traditional marketing. They're smart in terms of what is being sold to them and how it's being sold. So number one would definitely be to keep it real and be very authentic with what you're trying to convey. Uh, the second thing that, that comes to mind is is to be simple and on point with what you're trying to get across the line. You know, we can appreciate parents are busy, they're time poor, whether or not they're working parents or not, doesn't matter, like they're just busy. So you want to be simple and get to the point and make their lives easier. Again, like we're always thinking about like how do we make their lives easier with what we're trying to solve. You know, brands should have an opportunity to just also make it easier. And the third that comes to mind is to try to be relevant. And I'm sick of this as a parent myself, that brands and networks and, and publishing and media, they think a parent is a parent no matter what. They think all dads are the same, you know, mums are the same, whether or not you've got a 14-year-old or a 14-month-old or three kids or one. It's crazy. Like, I just don't understand. I don't, it, like, it infuriates me. You, can, you probably get a sense of my blood is boiling as I think about it, right? And I, I think... You know, offer is the third thing I think about is just to be more tailored and be relevant to who you're talking to. Like, try to personalize it. Like, I mean, ideally, like, based on, you know, um, even start with the basics. Like, you're talking to mum or dad, right? <laughs> Let's start with that. Because, as you know, much more dads are involved today with their, with their parenting than ever before. 
and they're looking at messages just like mums are looking at messages. You know, their kids have they got one? Is their first? Is it their third? How many kids have they got? Like that's different as well. How you talk to them and what's relevant is different. And then you need to get more sophisticated beyond that, whether it's location and child stage and interests, etc. But but really just to keep it simple. And and another thing that I don't understand why brands and networks don't do just ask them. Just ask them. Like, like you know, I've often heard, oh, oh, we just don't know who our users are. Have you tried asking? Or how about some simple filters at the top? Like, just give us the ability to tell you who we are to serve me better. And I think that very few do it, if at all, which is a key part of what we're going to do a lot more of. We want to be much more tailored and relevant. And if we haven't got anything for you, we'll tell you. But but be very tailored. And I think that's a third really important aspect of, of getting in front of parents. Eddie, there is no denying the great success of Tiny Beans in catering for the needs of today's millennial mothers. I've seen that your share price has increased more than 400% over last year and your revenue has more than doubled. Clearly in a growth stage, congratulations. So I'm really curious to ask you, what is next for Tiny Beans? Wow, how much time do we have on the show, Katrina? <laughs> uh, yeah, look, I mean, we're really excited. We've uh, we've just run on board some wonderful new talent actually here in the US, and, and we've just set a whole fresh three-year strategy because really with the acquisition of Red Tricycle, we're really a fresh company. It's like a reset, a fresh foundation. Um, and this year we're about to start a fiscal in July. is like this year one of a three-year strategy, and it's about, you know, further building and developing this experience for parents to not only be able to capture photos, but go much beyond that to find the right products relevant to you. Like we see a world where Friday comes along and says, here are the 10 best things to do with your three teenage kids this weekend in Melbourne to the next day comes along and here's some babysitters in your area that have really been approved and know how to look after teenagers to Tuesday. Here's a dance class to you know, Thursday. Here's, here's, a, here's a soccer clinic. Everything is out there, but none of it is stitched or personalized to the parent or to the user. We're building out a platform that's about connecting all these opportunities. And with opportunity, it could be the right product, it could be the right content, it could be the right service, it could be an opportunity of a service. We want to serve that up to the right user and building our community as part of it. Like, you know, why can't dads talk to other dads with three boys? Why can't First-time grandmas talk to first-time grandmas. So we're building out a platform that enables community, enables content and commerce with this you know, highly tailored experience of the audience we have. So, yeah, there's a long journey, an exciting journey ahead. I think we're only just beginning. So there's a lot to share in the future. So super exciting. If people wanted to connect and learn more about you or Tiny Beans, what's the best way for them to do so? Sure thing. So they can clearly go to our site, tinybeans.com, and learn more about the service there. They could also look me up on LinkedIn. I'm an avid LinkedIn user, so find me there. Or they can reach out to me. Email is eddie at tinybeans.com. I'm very approachable. I get a lot of email, but I tend to respond to a lot too. I'm a believer in helping other people be successful, just like many people have helped me. So happy for anyone to reach out and uh, learn more. And if I can help at all, I'm only too happy to. Eddie, I just want to say congratulations on your success and I wanted to also thank you for sharing your business success with us and especially your tips around marketing to millennial mothers. Thank you for being part of Marketing to Mums, the podcast. Fantastic. Thanks so much for having me on the show. It's been wonderful talking to you, Katrina. 
Now, Eddie has clearly demonstrated that mothers are increasingly seeking greater levels of privacy and security around their children. If you think millennial mothers want privacy, then brace yourself for Gen X mothers who will absolutely demand it. In the coming decade, as we welcome more Gen X mothers, expect to see this trend increase quite significantly. Now, this is likely to present some challenges for many brands, and I want you to start thinking about this now. I encourage you to start talking to your team about this shift towards more privacy, a trend that Tiny Beans is incredibly well positioned to cater for. You've been listening to Marketing to Mums, the podcast, the show which helps you drive sales and profit in your organisation by developing a deeper understanding of the world's most powerful consumer, mums. If you have enjoyed this episode, please leave a rating and a review and tell us what your key takeaway was or who your favourite guest was and why. If you would like to get the show notes from today's episode or any of the links mentioned, all you need to do is head to marketingtomums.com.au forward slash podcast. Don't forget to sign up to receive an email to let you know when the next episode is released. Thanks for listening.